Well, here's the uh, introduction for our final episode of, uh, of the NHL Fans From Afar podcast, where Jolon is meant to be sat right beside me right now. And where are you? Um, I don't know. Fans of Manchester uh, near home, which is a place where there are a lot of restaurants in the centre of Manchester <laughs> and certain restaurants that uh, serve very slowly. Um, we arrived here at seven o'clock and I thought I'd get a quick dinner in before coming to meet you to do this final episode of the year. And uh, it is now nine o'clock and I'm still waiting. So you were late for your own podcast. Thanks. Well, not only late, not only late, Claire. I mean, I'm still here. This is uh, it, it's shocking. It's shocking. The off season is properly started now, isn't it? It has. Well, hopefully we're going to be joined by a few fans as we record this last particular episode. I'm now going to go and close my balcony door. We're going to play the theme music for one last time and we're going to crack on with the final episode of NHL Fans From Afar. I'll shut my window. <laughs> I feel quite emotional, Claire, listening to that music for the last time of the year. Do you? The amount of times yeah. that you've had to edit it? Well, the, there is that. But it's, it's become... I've, I've been singing along with that song for a whole entire year now. <laughs> I don't think that we ever really told the story of how we started this podcast, did we? In no. that we, uh, we didn't know each other until, what, September last year. Yeah. And that we met at 3am on a night... <laughs> <laughs> and Joe and I was there reading the news, and Jolon yeah. walked in. You were wearing a Toronto Maple Leafs jersey, if I remember right. No, I was I was doing an interview on Five Live, and I was doing an interview with a, an ice hockey player called Liam Kirk, who some of you may be well uh, kind of aware of. And uh, it was it was through that that we ended up chatting about hockey, and we ended up finding out that we're both Toronto Maple Leaf fans. And then you talked about the fact that you used to do a hockey podcast. And I went, oh, my God, I've always wanted to do that because I've always wanted to talk to other people about hockey because no one else in my life cares. And, yeah, at like 3, 4 a.m. in the morning in a studio in Salford, we ended up thinking, well, hell, why don't we just do it? And I like the way that we kind of say, and 10 days later after we met, we started a podcast and the rest is history. And now <laughs> we're doing our final podcast of the season. It's amazing that we managed to keep this going every week, somehow in our crazy <laughs> lives. Yeah, even, even when restaurants are against us. And you, yeah. I remember there was one week where you were literally working up until when we were going to record. And yeah, it has been, but I think that kind of, tails nicely into the whole following an NHL team when you've got like busy lives as everyone does you have to make it fit around and even if that means staying up later than you want to or getting up earlier than you want to or trying to follow all of the crazy things that happen in this sport then this podcast has kind of been like that for us this season that we've been able to follow it in more depth but also yeah those kind of crazy times of day and I've just loved being able to connect with all those different people that you know I now end up chatting to on social media about NHL stuff it's great so if there was one thing that you've learned as a result of doing this podcast what would it be oh man um that there's more more people out there who like NHL in this country <laughs> um I think I don't know I what I really like is because and I don't know how much you find with being a Leafs fan but because the Leafs are, you know, love them or hate them, they're, they're a big team in the NHL and they do dominate a lot of the media coverage that you hear. And particularly if you're a kind of fan from afar like we are, it's very easy just to live in Leaf land and the rest of the NHL feels like this kind of distant thing that also happens to be, you know, they're the other teams that the Leafs play each, each week. But the thing that I've loved about this year more than any other year that I followed, followed the NHL is that I've learned about other teams. And when 
you know, I'm watching draft coverage or I'm watching the Stanley Cup progress, then I feel invested in other teams um, more than I have done previously. And I kind of link it to all of the different fans that we've chatted to over the year. And I start rooting for, for teams that like, I've, you know, didn't know nothing about before because we spoke to an Arizona fan or we spoke to a St. Louis fan or whoever it was. And I can identify and just getting a little glimpse into their team and what's going on in their team has been great to kind of just expand my knowledge of the NHL. Mm. What about you, Claire? What about you? I totally agree. I, I think knowing names of people who enjoy following other teams makes it so much more enjoyable and a bit more personable because often I will kind of be thinking, oh, I wonder... I wonder what Ross is feeling like right now, or I wonder how... I've often um, wondered what Ross is feeling right now, the Bruins <laughs> fan, often on a daily basis through the playoffs. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But hey, fortunately, um, we are joined by um, a couple of other people for our final uh, podcast episode. So should we probably reference them? Uh, Joel, are you, are you waiting for your dinner? Do you want to like go and check your dinner status and come back to us? So, so just to give you an idea of what's happening right now, I'm currently standing outside the restaurant, which is like a glass box, and I'm looking in at the table and I'm waiting for the food to arrive. This is, the, yeah just to give you an idea of what's going on right now. So do you want um, to yeah, stay I, until your food gets here or what? Well, I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to let you have a chat to some of the guys online and, uh, and then I'll hopefully join you again later. Okay, right. So we'll do a catch up with Jolon in a little bit then. Yeah, 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 yeah. Best right. of luck. Oh, thanks. Thanks for that. Thanks for that. <laughs> Right, let's meet some of the other people because what we did this week on our Twitter um, page and our Slack group was we threw open um, for everybody uh, to come and join us, any fan from any different team and a multitude of different people who we've had on this year. So it's a great way for us to finish. Um, Let me catch up with, uh, let's go to Jamie first. I'm just going to unmute you, Jamie. Uh, Let's check. Is it going to let me unmute you? Jamie. Jamie, there you are. So Jamie is one of our many New York Rangers fans. And Jamie, I think you probably have had quite an exciting week with all the things that have been happening in the NHL draft, right? Oh, definitely. I, um, especially with the season that you have, oh, we've had especially, you, you can't think it could get any worse. And the off-season sometimes drags, but it's been all going New York. Um, and... The um, optimism is is high already, and now the um, fixtures have come out this afternoon. We're ready for the season. Yeah. So I understood that Capo Caco, right, was who was your draft pick. Obviously, there was kind of a will Devils take Caco or will they take Hughes? And there was comment um and ah and about the top two, wasn't there? And particularly with all the World Champ stuff that we covered here, there was a real kind of who's the number one really. Um, and I understood, like, I was reading the other day how Capo Caco didn't even go to like one of the final stages of the, the rounds of the combined interviews of the NHL draft because he was too busy celebrating in Helsinki. So he got yeah. out of it. Crazy. Yeah, I, I, think, I think you can look at it in a couple of ways, can't you? Because you want to have a real good look at a player, but also he's, he's, still, he's still a young kid and he's only 18, 19 years old and... It just shows that he's got a mature he's got a mature head on him that he's they've they've competed and they've, they've won a big thing and he wants to celebrate with his teammates and that's the kind of players you want on a roster. Mm, it's interesting, isn't it? Right, let me come back to you in a little bit and just say hello to a couple of the other people here. Um, James, not Jamie, um, who who when we had you on, James, you were. You're a Toronto Maple Leafs fan, but you were following Arizona Coyotes. But now it's changed. And it's a shame that Jolan has just gone to go and eat his dinner because you are now following the team that Jolan absolutely loves to laugh at. Do you want to kind of make us catch up with where exactly you are in which teams you're kind of watching over these days? Yeah, so um, obviously I am a Leafs fan. Leafs are um, in my soul, in my heart. Like followed them for years. Uh, I was the managing editor of Howlin' Hockey, um, which covered the Arizona Coyotes. And obviously, um, when I was doing that, was the last time that I was on. But now I'm holding the same position for SendShot, uh, which is the fan-sided website dedicated to uh, the the much-maligned Ottawa Senators. 
Um, <laughs> and what was there to write about with them in the NHL draft, I wonder? Oh, oh there's all sorts, um, really. <laughs> um, I mean, obviously, they had the 19th overall pick. There was a lot of talk of whether they were going to try and move up. Um, they decided to stand pat, address their defense, which is what they certainly needed to. Um, and then they entered the second round and things went a completely different route um, that fans really thought the team was going to go. Are you still there? Yeah, yeah, I'm still here. Okay, you, you made me doubt myself then. <laughs> so, like, why, why the move from Arizona to Ottawa for you? Um, I don't know. I'm always just interested in um, the teams that seem to struggle are always interesting to write about. Um, so, obviously, with Ottawa's um, impending rebuild, um, having experienced one myself as a Leafs fan, it's quite an interesting topic to... Um, discuss and um i think uh it's just a, a, a team that for so long were so good in the nhl i mean i remember the old rivalries with the leafs obviously leafs in the playoffs used to beat the senators frequently but they had players like alfredson and heatley and like chara and hashek for a little bit and they just had so many great players and even in the more modern era where they had that great run um, in 2017 to suddenly two years later be arguably the worst team in the entire NHL is just mm -hmm. a sorry state of affairs. So, And not just even players-wise, it's also them, you know, as, as like an organisation when we come to the arena and stuff like that, it just feels like... It's just like a whole mess. I think in some ways I, I, I had kind of just switched off a team like Ottawa Senators because I just thought, right, they're, they're gone for another two years. They're bombed. But then you kind of see a, a team like New York Islanders and that kind of rebirth that they had this year kind of coming from the ashes, so to speak. I suppose actually in this sport, anything can happen. Oh, yeah. I mean, the turnaround can be crazy. I mean, we saw it with Arizona as well. Arizona last year, they finished bottom of the Western Conference. They were a terrible team. And then suddenly a year later, they finished the regular season only four points outside of making the playoffs. And they had an amazing run. And that was despite leading the, t the league in like game games lost through injury by players. They literally lost about half their team at, at various points throughout the season. And... I think with the Ottawa Senators, there's a lot of similarities, I feel, with the Coyotes. In There's a lot, of, um, a lot of issues with their arena and the ownership. Um, obviously, mm -hmm. Arizona's recently just had a bid accepted, and it looks like they're getting a new owner. But with Ottawa, now they're entering a rebuild. They're stocking up on young talent. Um, I think the future can certainly be a lot brighter uh, in the Canadian capital. Okay. All right. Well, let's come back to you in a moment and let's just check out. So there's a couple of other people who are on the line with us. Um, David, I'm going to come to you in a second, uh, but I do just want to point out that Ads is on and he's uh, over in Australia and I'm pleased to report that he's wearing his, um, his beanie, uh, his Detroit Red Wings beanie. So how high is your aircon on right now in order to uh, allow you to wear your beanie, right? We're in winter now, so I can wear it without aircon. Oh, uh, you can. You're a bit quiet, man. Um, but that's because you're really far away, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's true. And it's <laughs> 30, 6 o'clock in the morning. It's not. It's 6 in the morning. Yeah, I'm about to go to work. So I've only got about 15, 20 minutes. Oh, my God. That is dedication. Wow. Okay. And he's using his video, people. So we should all take note. The guy's put his video on. Talk to me. Okay, Detroit Red Wings, this season just felt like you just want to draw a line under it and just look forwards, right? Is that where your heart's at? Uh, with all the veterans, pretty much. But there's heaps of young guys. There's been heaps of good, exciting hockey to watch. And we've got a really bright future coming. So that section of it was really good. Um, we're just weighed down a little bit with a lot of old veteran contracts that will be there for a couple of years to come. Um, so you got a decent pick as well, didn't you? What's the, the first German to be chosen in the first round? Moritz Seider. What's he like? I know nothing about him. Uh, basically, this is the first draft. Yeah. 
uh, Steve Eisman had. Um, he was supposedly our number one on our bill. 17 years old, massive fella, huge wingspan, probably the best defensive um, defender in the draft, which is a really weird thing to say. Um, doesn't have the offensive upside as Bowen Byram does, um, but plays in a professional league with men at 17. Um, all they really want him to do is just improve a little bit of his offensive capabilities and it'll be sweet. Yeah. I'm just going to grab my little... There's someone who's joining you. Are they a small Detroit fan? She is. Wow. Hi. How are you? Hello. Welcome to the UK. We've got waves. This is Annabelle. Hi, Annabelle. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She's, if, so for the a... people who are listening, she's got two front teeth poking out there. And she's uh, goldfish bowling us right now. So maybe she's just working out what <laughs> is going on. So... Yeah, well, I said everyone just woke up here. So, but no, the draft was really good. I think guys, we've got three defenders, all six foot six or bigger, 160 to 200 pounds. So I think we have seen what he's doing. He's just restocking our whole blue line in the system and doing a few home run swings to see what we've uh, what we can pick up in a couple of years. Okay. Well, look, we've got um, someone who's following the Ottawa Senators. We've got New York Rangers. And we've also got a St. Louis Blues um, fan who are all Ooh, joining us boy. right now. What would you, what would, are there any questions, Ads, that you would want to ask any of those, ga- those guys right now? Oh. Oh, man. I've just been really impressed with how the Rangers have rebuilt within two years. So I'll just be asking the Rangers fan how excited he is for the next season and what um, his expectations are. Yeah. Jamie, you can unmute yourself and you can answer that question for yourself. Um, yeah, it's, it's a bit surreal because you get that message to say we're going to rebuild and you think, oh, here we go, five, six years down the line. And it's just kind of spiralled and... Yeah, what's well, been two years, um, we've had a really good off-season, um, not just player-wise, but also we brought John Davidson back, which is, sounds like he's going to completely overhaul even kind of the uh, the junior teams. So it, it's positive and I, I expect us to push for the playoffs. I don't think we're, we're a Stanley Cup team as yet, but give us maybe two or three more good off-seasons and I think we'll be up there. I don't mean to, um, you know, remind everyone about this, but St. Louis Blues managed to do an epic turnaround in one season. So Dave's uh, also joining us tonight. He was on the podcast last week. The St. Louis Blues, who's still pinching himself, can't believe his luck. Any uh, any tips or advice, Dave? Oh, God. Um, no, I don't know, really. Uh, <laughs> put me on the spot, Trish. It's just that, I think it's that whole thing of just believing, isn't it? I think that's the underlying story from the uh, Blues turnaround this season is, you know, you look at January being right down the bottom of the league there, and it's just, you've got to have that belief of it can turn around at any given moment in time. I think that is the key to all of it, is just the belief and the unity that we saw come through from it. I like the way that your profile picture, uh, for those who are listening and not able to join us on Zoom, says uh, Stanley Cup champion, history made. Um, you were very quick to update that profile picture, Dave. Well done. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so let's, um, let's just park things with the NHL draft for a second. Um, what I just want to recap on, guys, have you seen some of the NHL rule changes? And does anyone want to kind of chip in and, and have any thoughts on this? Um, there's a lot to dig through. Um, I think the biggest one really is coaches' challenge. What are people thinking about that? Any comments, ads, before you disappear? Yeah, I'm not a fan of the, most of them. I got to be honest. Um, just anything to slow the game down. I'm not not a big fan of because the, the biggest draw card is the intensity and the speed of the game. I would have liked to see them invest more money into putting like world-class cameras and technology and on the offside line and maybe having a central bunker to go over calls, kind of like in um, 
baseball, but without that delay, so they can give the refs their opinions in real time. Hmm. I mean, save all this going back and review, and then coaches putting their challenge in. I don't mind the fact that if they get it wrong, they have the two minute minor. That's good. Um, have the consequence there if they do get it wrong. Yeah, because uh, I guess they take they're removing you sacrifice your time out, time out. Then there's a chance that there could be more an increase in the number of coaches' challenges through a game. Yeah. Right? More than one. So, James, um, Mr. Ottawa sends slash leaps slash lots of different things. What's what kind of stuff have you been writing up on on some of the changes? It's something that you've looked into before, James Reeve. Um, do you mean with uh, rule changes in the league? Yeah, yeah. Is, is it something that you've looked at? And, and also, I guess, with the cap as well, because there's so many teams around the league that um, they've kind of got one on time behind their back as they kind of shed the, the old contracts and now look to rebuild and shake things up moving forwards. Right, I'll start with the cap then. Um, I think it was quite a, uh, a shock. Um, everyone on Twitter was talking about how the, uh, the salary cap for the next season is not $83 million, it's uh, 81.5, and a lot of teams, $1.5 million doesn't sound like a lot, but for for some teams that was enough to help them um, go into this free agency period, uh, maybe targeting a player um, that could really make a difference. Um, For the Senators' um, point of view, they actually just need to reach the cap floor. They have $33 million in cap space as it is um, with an 83 million. Lucky them. I know a team that could probably use a bit of that, right? (laughs) Their mates down the road in Toronto could probably do with a bit. Well, the one team in the league that's certainly um, the, the most hard done by with the cap is the Vegas Golden Knights, who at present are the only team in the NHL that are already over the cap and they've just re-signed uh, William Carlson um, to a pretty decent deal, about $5 million in that sort of eight range, maybe just under $6 million. Um, they do have David Clarkson's contract, which they can use for LTIR, but they are a team that's probably going to need to shed a couple guys. Colin well, Miller. What happens if you're over the cap then? You just... You, do you get fined or like do you just have to trade and release some something somewhere like i mean what's the penalty for that if i'm honest i don't know um i don't think there's been an instance where it's happened so far um maybe there's a forced um place on waivers um players getting sent on waivers um forcibly to free up that space um yeah the only time i've ever heard it happen was in the rugby league um uh, in the UK and I remember Sulfur Red Devils were over their cap and Marwan Kukash who was the owner at the time got massively fined for it and had to have like some appearance in some kind of discussion but like yeah it, it kind of feels like not something that happens very often not that I've heard of I don't know if anyone else knows any different I don't know. Is it anything like the NBA where you've got your luxury tax? So if you go over the salary, the tax that you pay, the tax that you're paying on the players is dramatically increased. Well, it depends what state you're in, though, in America, doesn't it? Because then some some states there are no tax, so that wouldn't matter to them, would it? Yeah, I'm not sure because NBA doesn't have a team in Vegas, so yeah, that's a good point. That's what I was just <laughs> thinking of the. Um, <clears throat> In the NRL, it's happened in Australia. Like teams that breach a salary cap have lost their premierships, lost points, all that sort of stuff. That's because they found out the salary cap like years down the track that the team had gone over it. Whereas here, it's a lot more um, open and you can see it pretty much straight up. So, yeah, well, I mean, there's if you lost five points or... as a team for being X number over the cap, mm. come the end of the season, five points makes all the difference, doesn't it? Yeah. One of our teams lost all their points in the the three quarters of the way through the season on top and they end up losing all their points and starting from scratch with about a quarter of the games left. So they missed the playoffs altogether. Mm, mm. So a very very quick search um, has thrown up that teams found to have violated the cap could face fines of up to $5 million, 
cancellation of contracts, loss of draft picks, loss of, loss of points, and forfeiture of games. So um, it's one of those situations where I don't think any um, any owner or any general manager in the league is willing to uh, to test even even the Leafs who have a lot of money um, floating around. Yeah, yeah. You just take the five mil cap just to secure that player that you really, really, really yeah. wanted. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, and that's right as well. That like you don't, you know, you want some of the smaller guys. Like we already know Arizona Coyotes, for, for example, are a team that have got a whole bunch of other things going against them, mainly travel. Are they going to get moved to a different division? So they're not the kind of big rich guys like the Man Uniteds of the NHL, like say Toronto are. So fair play, fair play to that. Um, one of the, the new rules that I noticed, and we've spoken about this a few times in our podcast throughout the year, was about helmets, actually, and how um, finally they're pulling in the thing uh, for the NHL that helmets, if they come off or they're knocked off, that the player has to exit the game um, as soon as they know it's happened. Um, otherwise, they get... Um, I can't remember, what, what's the fine? Blah, 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 blah. Someone help me out here. What's the fine? Da, 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 da. Minor, it just says minor penalty. Delay of game? No. Um, uh, it's something to do with uh, something roughing. equipment. Illegal equipment. Is roughing that it? Yeah. Um, roughing if they yeah. knock it off, right? If they knock off an opponent's yeah. helmet. Yeah, I think, I think I've got a page that says a minor penalty for delaying the game in the first uh, instance and then a double minor um, for the second. Yeah, so no great shakes there. Okay, so um, which teams is it going to make a difference for the cap right now? Who, which teams are absolutely squeezed? I can't open cap friendly at the same time as me leading this Zoom call. So if any of you can like share your, switch your screens and kind of look on the side, which kind of three teams in the NHL are going to appreciate one and a half million? Obviously, Toronto is one. We've said they're Golden Knights. And who was the, uh, have we said another one? James? So, um, looking at Cap Friendly, yeah. um, the team that currently has the second lowest um, cap space is the Arizona Coyotes. <laughs> really? Wow. Yeah. Gosh. Um, that's largely due to the trade that they made earlier today. Um, they now have $2.866 million under the cap. However, they do have Marion Hosa's um, 5.25, 5.125 um cap that they could put on LTIR later after that it'd be the Pittsburgh Penguins and then the Edmonton Oilers however there's a gap of about five million dollars between Pittsburgh and Edmonton wow gosh Pittsburgh interesting one isn't it because we heard as we mentioned last week that they were trying to release Phil Kessel who turns out has a no trade clause so they couldn't get rid of him I imagine maybe that's uh, to contribute to get a bit of space um, some of the other moves then, um, James, just stay with me a second because Leafs news and obviously for Nashville, um, we saw Patrick Marlowe uh, be traded uh, for a variety of different things. My, my, I need to put my lights on because it's gone really dark in my kitchen. I'm now like kind of using the light from my computer to read my tiny, tiny notes. Um, and also we saw PK Subban as well, the Subanator. Um, who I did think was quite interesting when, when, he, when he got traded. He did a video on his social media, didn't he, where he seemed to have a bit of merch from every club apart from the club that he was actually going to, um, which made me laugh. What was your take on, on that move, James, of saying bye to Patrick Marlowe? Was it necessary or was it heartbreaking as a Leafs fan with your Leafs hat on now? Uh, so with my Leafs hat on, I'm delighted that we've cleared... Um, so much cap space. I am a bit sad um, that Marlowe's um, had to leave purely because of the influence that he had on guys like Matthews and Marner and the, just the sheer class um, that he has displayed throughout his entire career. Unfortunately, at 40 years old now, he's not worth $6.25 million and the Leafs really just needed the space so that they could negotiate with the likes of Marner, who is still an ongoing problem. Um, and then obviously Kapanen and Janssen, who look to have deals effectively secured and tied up. They're just waiting 
kind of for the lo- the rubber stamp. Um, it was it was sad. Uh, Marlowe put out a message via his wife's um, Twitter account, which was really heartfelt and um, really professional. It's clear that him and his family, he wants to go back to San Jose. Um, and the only reason he accepted the trade uh, to Carolina was because he knows that Carolina will buy his contract out. Hasn't happened yet because he is owed um, a bonus on July 1st, half of his bonus on July 1st. Um, but yeah, it, it was a shame. He was great while he was in Toronto. 27 goals his first season. Second season, obviously, naturally, minutes went down. Production went down, as to be expected, especially at his age. But nice guy. that cap space was necessary. Um, the cost was high, but it was a necessary evil, really. I think also that was appreciated for a team like the Leafs. Uh, there's a lot of young people that they needed, people who are a bit older um, in the locker room to really kind of support and help grow people like Marner and Matthews um, as they kind of start to get their proper Stanley Cup playoff experience under their belt, albeit quite short. Uh, let's not go there. It's too painful still. Um, but he he seemed to be one of those instrumental people, him and Hainsey, those kind of characters in the locker room. Um, and I think, you know, he'll have a great time at Carolina. Carolina also looked to be like a great team, um, you know, towards the end of the season. So who knows? Just like Tyler Bozak, he could leave the Leafs and go and get a bloody Stanley Cup ring. Who knows, right? Well, it's um, expected that Carolina is going to buy his contract out if they can't convince him to stay. Um, they're going to basically put on a presentation for him to try and convince him to stay uh, with the Hurricanes, who are quite a young team, developing team, had performed really well last season. Um, if Marlowe decided to stay in Carolina, I think he'd have a great shot at getting, going deep in the playoffs next year. But I think they're going to buy him out and he's going to probably go back to San Jose, take a really cheap deal just so that he can get back to where his family is and kind of ride out his career with the team that realistically he probably should have stayed with um, for his entirety. Yeah, that's true. Let me just find out, does anybody here like PK Subban? Um, because I have to say, he annoys the hell out of me. I understand he's there as the man, the brand. Jamie, do you do you like PK Subban? I, when you look at it, I, I don't think there's anything you can hear about him. He's he's got that. He's got he's got all the the traits he wanted of somebody on the on the ice and off the ice. But when you flip flip it to where he's just gone to, then. I, I've got to hate him a little bit just because he's he plays across the Hudson now. So <laughs> for that, a little bit in my estimation. But if if his um, contract would have been a bit more friendly, it, it was somebody that I would have loved the Rangers to pick up. Really? Wow. I mean, I just uh, I just find this guy just he just does my head in. Um, but then he's one of these ones that you love to hate. Probably a bit similar to me disliking Brad Marchand, to me disliking Alex Ovechkin. We all need to have these pantomime villains, and it's it's. I mean, actually, I think really he's he's got a decent trade really because he had quite a lacklustre season, I think, albeit, and Nashville disappointed. Um, themselves and their fans in their playoff run. They didn't really get going. Um, so they obviously need to free up the cap space. That's why he's gone. But a fairly decent trade that they got out of it. So they got um, two players and two draft picks, which seems like a pretty good deal. Anyone want to comment on that deal? It's a shame that we don't have a, a New Jersey Devils fan, actually, um, on tonight, because they have uh, they should be rolling in it and laughing over the last couple of weeks about all the deals happening. They're like... Uh, yeah, it's like the lotteries come and um, all their, their dreams have come true. What are you thinking, Ads? I reckon um, <clears throat> New Jersey cleaned up in that trade over Nashville by a long way. The two players they've sent, if they see NHL time, it's going to be on the bottom line, bottom pairing sort of guys. Drafts, draft picks are always good, but from what I've read and heard, New Jersey got across the line so willing to take on the whole payment of the contract and that's why they got it over other teams there were there weren't many other teams with the new salary cap and what they want to do that were willing to buy out the rest of the contract 
mm. and the Devils did. And then I'm looking at their their first power play unit's going to have Jack Hughes, Taylor Hall, PK Subban, and I can't remember. There's another big name in there. I'm just trying to think of what it is, but it's going to be. I don't. I'm I'm scared for every other team in their division that has to come up against that. <laughs> Bad play. Bad play. On so Carolina, that's Marlowe would be crazy, I reckon, to leave after like how well they did and then their draft haul. Considering where they finished last year, it was nuts. They were one of the best best teams in the draft with regards to high ranked prospects and getting them late and getting good value. They're gonna be solid for so many years, I'd say. Yeah. Ones to watch, isn't it? it? I mean, it it kind of, I think what we've, there's been so many surprises in this playoff run. And then also with what's kind of laid out and set up during the draft that I feel like I'm excited about next season already because like, uh, yeah, okay, my team did crap is a polite way of saying it in the playoffs. But I like the excitement of the unknown. And I think that is that build-up that we've now got to wait until October to, to start to see how this is going to unfold. We're going to wait till September for those pre-season games just to see what lines and pairings have got. We've still got so many things to happen. Well, certainly, I'm looking at the 1st of July thinking, oh my God, are we going to have another William Nylander situation heading into the start of next year with Mitch Marner? Um, but it feels like, um, I mean, I, I'd said to Jolon that this was going to be our last podcast of the season, but I kind of feel like um, I'm not going to switch off from hockey in the off-season this year because there's just so many little loose threads and excitement. I don't know if anyone else is, is feeling that anticipation already for the next season. So many of us, whether you made the playoffs or not, and how well you did, is just like... Phew, I mean, unless you're Dave, obviously, our St. Louis Blues fan who's still riding high and like, next year, I'm still riding on this season. Right, Dave? You're still drinking out of the, uh, the cup. You're still watching where the cup is and whose hometown it's following right now. I'm imagining that's probably what you're doing, right? Yeah, there is that. And because uh, obviously we've just had the announcement today that they've finally signed a deal for our <clears throat> head coach, we can officially say now. So, yeah, we're just in the same boat. We're watching the uh, RFAs, the UFAs, and it's like, who's staying, who's going? Nice. We are, we're in the same boat now as everybody else. You're getting to that point of what's the team going to look like next year. So, Craig Brube was confirmed as the head coach then, you just said? Yeah, yeah. It's about, oh, probably about two hours, two, three hours ago. Wow, I didn't even know that. Breaking they've news. Signed him to, they've signed That's him for a three-year extension. So, Well, rightly so. Any news on uh, Binnington yet? No. It's expected, all, we be, all we I can find at the minute is it's expected shortly. Uh, all the news for all of the RFAs, it's expected they're all going to be staying on uh, deals, but nothing's been confirmed yet. Okay. All right. Well, there's one for us all to watch out for over the next few weeks. Um, did one other person, Jamie, I just want to come to you, right? Um, talking New York Rangers. Um, Matt Zuccarello was traded um, uh, around the deadline uh, over to Dallas Stars. And then he played one game and he broke his arm, didn't he? And he, he didn't play for ages. Um, there seems to be that he's going to be back exploring the free agency and he's kind of not saying necessarily that he's definitely going to sign a contract to stay at Dallas Stars. Is there any chance that he would go back to New York Rangers, do you think? Is that what he would want? Or knowing him, what do you think his move's going to be? I think there's a lot of hope um, that he will come back. There was, there was talk as soon as he kind of left that we're not, that's not going to be the last time that we, we see Matt's in a Rangers uniform. Um, I think he's somebody that the team could use his veteran presence, um, not just on the ice, but off the ice. I think that's with how we're kind of going forward in this rebuild. Um, he's still got a good game. Um, he's still got a lot to offer. Um, I'd like to think that we'd offer him a deal, but I, I think it depends on how we look at free agency as a whole. If we kind of go for someone like a Paranin or... 
then that this, this, this kind of determines if if we'll put a bid in. But who knows? Um, it's always a fun and sometimes frustrating off season in New York. So you never know. Yeah, um, I mean, I always I always think like with with players, it's it's a risky line, isn't it? When they kind of want to explore the free agency, it, you know, it's either gonna it's a bit of a gamble. Is it going to work? Is it not? I'm I'm always intrigued. Like, can I'm trying to think now of examples where it's really paid off for somebody. Um, well, I think I think I think just looking at this off season, um, you could probably say it worked for Kevin Hayes. Um, he got absolutely no offense to him. Um, he did okay in New York, but wow, he got majorly overpaid this off season. Um, so I think it depends on if he gets to the right situation or if you just if you want the cash, then you're probably in, in the game for the wrong reasons. Um, but you would think somebody like Zuccarello is, is, you would say, coming towards the end of his career, he's in his 30s. Um, if, if he goes to a team that's a Stanley Cup contender now, you, you couldn't deny him that. Um, but you'd want to, you'd hope, especially somebody coming onto your team, you want, you want them there for the right reasons and not just for the cash. Yeah. Interesting. So um, over the last couple of weeks, um, I always find it interesting to listen to other podcasts. There are so many now, aren't there, about the NHL that there's just never enough time. And the best one that I listened to the last couple of weeks was um, it's the actual NHL Draft podcast. And they had... Um, one of the scouts, I want to say, uh, he was a scout for New Jersey Devils, and they also had Capo Caco, uh, sorry, Jack Hughes on. Make sure I get the right one, Jack Hughes. And um, in the interview with Jack Hughes, he really talked about, you know, the thing that everyone's banged on um, about the uh, NTDP program, which had huge success in the draft, that it saw. Um, a record number of, what, 17 players were selected for the program over the two days of the draft. And I thought what was really interesting about how he talked about that development program of any young boy that dreams of playing for the NHL, then this is the absolute program that you really want to get into. Because I've kind of heard about it, but I've never really... I didn't, just didn't really know much about what they were doing. And he kind of talked about the amount of ice time that you, you're having two hours ice time um, a day. You're also going out and working in the gym three times. You've got coaches that help you not just physically in the gym and lifting weights and on the ice, but also coaches that help build you mentally as well in the training that you do, uh, be it media training. Um, and he really described it as the process of going from a boy to a man and uh, being joining part of a brotherhood. And I thought that was just a really interesting um, insight. But one of the other things that I think that came out of the NHL draft was the surprises. And I don't know if we've got any goalie fans here uh, amongst us who are kind of uh, on, on the zoom uh, with us, but the, the little interesting quirk, I suppose, was that there was a chap called Spencer Knight who uh, in round one was picked uh, 13, the high, highest goalie pick since 2010 and um, Florida, uh, Florida Panthers GM, uh, Dale Talon actually said that he thought that this guy was a franchise type goalie, which is not something that you hear um, around goalies and uh, well, young goalie talent. No one really ever takes a punt on the young goalie. They have to establish themselves and go as that backup, establish themselves that way. And then they start to kind of get a cut um, as a first time goalie. So I thought that was quite a, an out there statement. Um, but he also said um, how he said, look, the, the two best goalies in the world, Andre Vasilevsky and Carey Price were first round picks um, and how we should bear that in mind. So there's one maybe for us to kind of jot down and ponder over and follow him over the next few years, Spencer Knight. Um, what do people kind of think or know about the US NTDP, um, this national team development program? Um, you know, we've seen people like Austin Matthews come through there and he's spoken very highly about it. Um, has anyone kind of followed it or has they got 
players in their team that they've kind of seen blossom as a result of that. I'm curious to know. It's often we kind of talk about these guys who are stars in the NHL, but we never really truly know the background of where they come from, the NCAA, the NTDP. James, what's your thoughts? Uh, so the U.S. National Development Program is over the last few years, one of the best um, places to draft um, top American talent. Um, I mean, you spoke about Austin Matthews. Obviously, he had the, um, the season later playing in Switzerland. But looking at the team that Austin Matthews played with, he played alongside in 2014-2015. He played alongside... Matthew Kutuk, uh, Clayton Keller. Um, he played alongside Ryan Donato, Jeremy Bracco, and Colin White. And they're just forwards that he played alongside. Even like Christian Fisher, who plays for the uh, Coyotes. Charlie McAvoy on defense. Um, some real big names um, come out of the U.S. development program um, over the last few years. The following season after uh, Matthews, um, Joseph Wall, a uh, Leafs uh, draft pick, um, played for them. Kyla Yamamoto, an Oilers prospect. Uh, uh, Casey Middlestat from Buffalo. So the U.S. development program is probably like the top dog in terms of like American um, junior teams. Um, the USHL is starting to really get up there in terms of quality. Um, the Senators just picked Shane Pinto um, 30, uh, 32nd overall. He came out of the USHL, but they're still a fair bit behind um, the actual US development program who really, really molds these young guys into the professionals that they end up becoming. What do we know about how it compares to, say, somewhere like Finland? Um... You know, we're seeing how Capo Caco has kind of risen through there. In Scandinavia, there are so many players that are coming out. Sweden as well, for instance. I mean, like even following the story of someone like William Nylander, for instance. I just always kind of wonder that is America still like the top dog when it comes to developing ice hockey talent? Because like, what about Canada as well? Canada has got the OHL. Am I right in thinking um, that's where a lot so, of players come from? In terms of um, like prospects and young players that end up being drafted, Canada is leagues above everybody. Um, Canada has the major junior system. So it has the Ontario Hockey League, which is the OHL. They have the Western Hockey League, the WHL, and they have uh, what's called the um, QMJHL. So they have three leagues that, um, all have full 64, 65 game seasons. They have playoffs and then uh, they all compete at the end of it for what's called the Memorial Cup. Um, Canada's development is clearly the best. It's where the majority of prospects um, come from, one of those three leagues. Um, in terms of coming from Europe, they are more sparse um but it's becoming quite prevalent that top prospects are playing games in the top um men's leagues in places like finland and sweden the shl and liga um some players that play their junior hockey in places like finland and sweden a lot of teams quite like them because um they're able to then jump to the ahl straight away if you're drafted out of canadian major juniors you're not eligible to play in the ahl straight away um which is why we saw a guy like uh, mitch marner when he was drafted it was for him it was make the maple leafs team or get sent back to the london knights of the ohl because the ahl doesn't allow players younger than oh, i think it's 20 if they've come from the Canadian system but the Canadian system is where the majority of players come from um, in terms of through the draft um, through anywhere really. 
I find it fascinating. I mean, it's, it's something that we've talked about with Mark Rackham as well, who's, uh, who's been on our podcast a number of times um, this season. And definitely, um, you know, if we're to continue this podcast into next season, I want to kind of tap into more of that knowledge and start to kind of think bigger picture and grassroots of where some people come from. I mean, the only thing, he couldn't join us tonight. Um, obviously, Stephen Edwards, our, our emergency backup goalie, uh, must be pretty uh, happy right now in how the Colorado Avalanche has fared in their season last year. And I'm guessing he's reasonably happy with Bowen Byram as a pick in the NHL draft. I did also have a message um, from Ross, our Bruins fan, who apologized not being able to uh, make it. I think he actually said something quite friendly. I'm just going to check what he said. Uh, Something like, um, don't bash me too hard without me there. I guess he's entitled to a right of reply. But hey, Um, I think Jolon's just finished his dinner. Let me just see. Uh, are you are you are you joining us again now? Thanks. How's dessert? Yeah, yeah, just a little bit of indigestion. Dessert, Claire. That's not going to come for another hour and a half at this rate. <laughs> the way this is the world's slowest dinner. It's unbelievable. Well, just tell no, us what I've, did you I've actually, actually have? Been, I had a, a curry. It was very nice actually, but it took a very long time. Um, but I had one headphone in, so I was listening to the conversations that you were going on, which uh, everybody else at the table thought was very odd as I was uh, muttering away about various different things that you guys were all saying. So it was really interesting. So I've, uh, I've really enjoyed listening to this podcast live. <laughs> that, that's, how you, that's how we do it here. Um, let's just kind of recap. So everybody who's on the call right now, I'm going to ask you the question, what are your hopes for next season? Not it can be bad. about your team. It could be about something else in the league. Just take a pause and think about that. I'm going to put Jolon on the spot because now he's eating his tea and I haven't yet eaten my tea. Then what is your hope for next season? Okay, so I think it's fair to say that I spoke about this on the last podcast and last year for the Leafs was not a great year in terms of it seemed that the whole year was spent either talking about contracts or backroom stuff and the actual hockey seemed to play to play second fiddle almost for the entire season so my hope for this upcoming season is that the Mitch Marner thing gets resolved however that is if he gets traded if he gets signed if he gets offersheeted whatever that is I just hope it gets resolved in the next week or so I hope all of the contracts that we've been talking about and all of the manoeuvres happen in the summer. And by the time that October comes around, I can spend a year just enjoying the hockey. That is my hope. <laughs> I think my hope is that I would like the Maple Leafs to progress to at least round two of the playoffs. Uh, yeah, that's, that's a very good one. That is a very good one. But I also what? said that for this season as well. So that went quite well, didn't it? Would you, would you want them to face the Bruins, Claire, in, in round one again? <laughs> Do we need to slay that dragon or we just ignore <laughs> that dragon and go the other way? Yeah, yeah. I think, I think we just have to like... Oh, I can't even say those words. <laughs> I cannot say those words. I just want to quick say a quick uh, thank you to Ross as well. He's been a great sport. I've had great fun uh, ripping the Bruins all year, but he has been a great sport all year. He has. Jamie, our New York Rangers fan, what is your one hope for this season? It feels like there's a lot of positive things for you to look forward to. Uh, yeah. I've, for the Rangers, I think... Um, to make the playoffs, I think if we don't make the playoffs, it'd be a huge disappointment. Um, just like I say, with, with the kind of the moves we've made. Um, but in terms of the league, and I know we've just we've had it this year, but in terms of the in terms of the NHL as a whole, um, I'd love another Cinderella story like we got with St. Louis this year because it just proves that if you've got a roster full of guys that are willing to do what it takes to to win, then anything is is possible. Yeah, albeit your team or someone else's. You never know, do you? Well, let's cross to Dave then, the St. Louis Blues fan. What is your hope for next season? Or as I said last week, are you even bothered? Oh, dear. Uh, well, obviously, you know, it would be nice to have a follow-up season like we had uh, this year. Maybe not without the dip in the middle, but, you know, it just to 
get to a decent, not bow out early in the playoffs like we have every other year. Um, I agree with this underlying thing of getting contracts sealed up fairly early on so we know what's what. You know, we don't want uh, contracts and things tying over too long. But yeah, just have a fairly decent run and not it be a case of like a flash in the pan thing and then go back to being the laughing stock of the league again. <laughs> it doesn't matter. You've got that cup now. And now it's Toronto Maple Leafs who are the, the team with the longest drought since they had a cup. So, you know what? You've got rid of that crown for a little bit, Dave. You've bought yourself a few more years there. <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> Let me come to you, James Reeve. Um, you know, with uh, your Leafs hat on and with your, with the Sens hat on, what? How do you kind of want next season to pan out? Um, much the same as Jolin and yourself. Um, <laughs> kind of tired of all this contract talk. Um, I'm getting a bit sick of um, guys like Nick Kiprios constantly trying to trade William Nylander. Yeah, he had a down season because he missed like half half the the season, and he's going to be great again uh, in 2019-20. I want Mitch Marner signed. He is my favourite player with the Leafs, without a doubt. Getting Johnson and Kapanen back, um, doing something with our defence and getting past the first round of the playoffs because I watched two games um, of our series with Boston and it was just depressing seeing us capitulate again um, against the Bruins. Um, For the Sens, um, obviously as a Leafs fan, I don't really care. What happens with the Sens? Breach the um, salary cap floor. Is that, is that about <laughs> as much as they can hope for this year? For the Sens, it would be to bottom out completely um, to give themselves the real best opportunity to draft Alexis Lafreniere, who is by far the top prospect coming out in next year's draft. A player like him is of like an Austin Matthews type franchise player. Um, so for them, that's probably what their goal will be. Um, because they've got about a billion second round picks, but it's really only the first rounders that matter to them next year because they've got two of them, one from um, San Jose and um, their own. So they actually have a pick of their own this uh, in 2020. Brilliant. Well, one, one to maybe watch. Not sure whether it'll be next season, but it must be an interesting team to write about. And then you can be the source, James, of uh, Jolon's uh, laughter, I guess, if that's... Uh, if that's My laughter? Well, because, you know, James is, is looking at casting one eye over these days and he's writing over Ottawa Senators. So uh, yeah. they're like the team that you love to poke at, really, aren't they? It is, although it's become a bit of a... Yeah. <laughs> I felt a bit harsh doing it at times because I kind of feel for the Sens and what they're going through. And I always hate picking, fan at, uh, picking fun at a team that its kind of owner is damaging them because it's completely out of, you know, it's completely out of their power to do anything about it. But yeah, as a local rival, of course, I love to see them do badly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, look, let's, um, let's kind of recap then. So I was just looking through our Slack group, which people can obviously still join and, uh, and connect and talk, even in the off-season. Yeah, what are we going to talk about, Claire? What are we going to talk about? Well, I was, I was saying, actually, whilst you were eating your dinner, how I'm actually still, I feel like there's, there's just so many things. There's this anticipation already for next season of what could be that it's shaking up our sport and contracts, that, you know, the July the 1st and... Um, then we kind of get into development camps and it just it feels so exciting but I mean we haven't even mentioned on this podcast actually about the awards night and I know Andy um, our Canucks fan on the Slack group was kind of commenting on some of that we haven't even recapped any of that stuff Um, there's just so much to to talk about I must mention as well that Dave who is our Canadians fan um, did tell us that uh, the name that Jolon and I couldn't pronounce last week was Paling, um, but it looked uh, like okay. it was, what P H O E L I N G. So we both learnt something as a result of the Slack group on that. Just think, Claire, there's a whole load of players next year that we don't even know are going to be the big stories for next year. Like players like that guy. Like who knew who Jordan Binnington was 12 months ago? 
Not six months ago. Nobody knew who he was in January. Yeah. I, I adore that. And actually, do you know what? Six months ago or even 12 months ago, we didn't know lots of you. So a shout out to some of the people who couldn't make this group, um, this Zoom call tonight. But Michael, who is our Philly fan um, out in the States. Abby, who's over in uh, Leeds, I'm pretty certain you're our Chicago fan. Um, who else we got? Matt, who's our Dallas yeah, fan. Matt Day, who, who I had a great time in Slovakia with. Another kind of hockey highlight of my year. It's been great. Uh, yeah, Don't we all know it? Things, Dallas. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, one of my highlights was recording that podcast in the McDonald's car park as well. That was a first. <laughs> and then he forgot to record or he chopped off the end of the yeah. bit where we're all waiting for how you got on in the hostel. Yeah, um, no, who I else? I'm a professional in this, would you? <laughs> uh, Rob McGregor, who's our New York Islanders fan. Yeah. Jonathan, our CBJ fan. Um, God, I know there are so many. Stephen, obviously, our emergency backup goalie as well for chipping in all the time. Um, yeah. There's so many more of you that I, I try and remember all of your names whenever I see your team or a signing or something. I always think of you as individuals as well. So we massively appreciate um you know all of you following just one last person who we can just quickly cross to who now has left his home because he got up at 6 a.m to join us on this podcast he's now driving to work ads is out in australia ads the, the last question we were asking people is what one thing do you want for your season either as a detroit red wings fan or just generally for the nhl what one thing would that be um a little bit of progression on behalf of the Red Wings. Um, I really want to. Yeah, just, oh, not not. We're not expecting. I'm not expecting playoffs next year. Maybe not even the year after. We'll see. I just want to see a lot of our young, especially defensemen, get good minutes. Um, considering we've got so many veteran D that are still on contracts for years, I just wanted to see the young guys get a lot more time this year than they did last year. I'd be happy if that happens. Wow. You hear that, Jolon? That's the sound of a fan whose team have already won loads of cups. Our, <laughs> our line is like a bit more of desperation. <laughs> yeah, just win, for God's sake. Just win. If I was a Red Wings fan, I'd be exactly the same. I'd just be dining out on the many glories of past years. <laughs> I'm oh. just looking at it prospect pool we are going to be just fine in about three years and then we're set up for a good I'd say a good run after that so I'm prepared to be patient for the next couple of seasons for what's going to happen after that yeah god right who else we've also got Georgie our Pittsburgh Penn fan we must say thank you to her um Vic uh, Silverwood, who talked to us all about the Enforcers um, and about the Ice Guardians documentary. God, uh, Graham, who was another um, Detroit fan, I think. There were so many people that we had on uh, this season, which we're really appreciative. And, uh, and also great that we connected with so many of you that you just stumbled upon us, either on Twitter or um, you heard about us through people at the Elite League who were featured on our um, on our podcast and retweeted us so we really appreciate that uh, we'll be honest that we're not quite sure how and what we're going to do for next season but we hope that we're going to come back um, just happens that Jolon is uh, you know disappearing for a few months to travel the world and find himself or something zen <laughs> something like that <laughs> yeah that's that's just about it I'm now in a taxi Claire just to carry on you know, painting pictures with words of uh, my journey through this. Right. Podcast. So Ad Adam's on his way to work. Jolon's on his way home. And I think that probably is a good time for us to, uh, to wrap up. Dave, you just quickly want to shout what, uh, let me just unmute you. Go on. Yeah. I don't know if you saw my news there a second ago. We've literally just had confirmation of extended qualifying offers for Barbashev, Binnington, Blaze, Edmonton, Fabry, Huso, Stanford, Sanquest, and Raniki. Wow. <laughs> that was literally, as he was going, it just come up, he's like, oh my God. Wow. St. Louis Blues have been busy. They've sorted their coach out and they've got a truckload of people bagged for next season, including Jordan Binnington. Wow. Anyone would think you had a good year. <laughs> I know anyone that thinks, you know, that 17, was it 17 mil cap gap that they had? 
anyone to think they were going to put that to some good use. <laughs> Plus a couple of what looked like fairly decent draft picks as well. Wow. So watch the space. St. Louis Blues might do it again in a way that the Washington Capitals couldn't. Wow. <laughs> Let's not go that far. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. Hey, look, we're, we're all in the process of uh, dreaming big in this sport because uh, clearly we've proved to ourselves that actually in the NHL, this season said to us anything can happen when all of the top seeds for each division disappeared in the first round of the playoffs when we saw a team that hadn't won um the the cup for what 52 years had previously um been knocked out by the same team it faced in the stanley cup final back in 1970 and had had heartbreak then suddenly they get to rewrite history and they take the cup it's a mental sport that we love this nhl but by god do i love it and whether we'll be doing the podcast whether we'll be there as fans we hope that we get to reconnect with you come September, October time. Uh, Jolon, any uh, wise last words that you'd like to throw in here? If, if there's one thing I've learned, Claire, is, is not to try and utter wise words. Um, so I will just go here, here to what you said. And uh, yeah, hopefully see you at some point in some form next season. Absolutely. Cool. Guys, it's been an absolute blast. Thanks so much for joining us. Uh, whether you were joining us in person on the Zoom call or you were listening from afar, wherever in the world, keep connected with us. We're at NHL Fans from Afar on Twitter. And we're obviously still in the Slack group to uh, share late night banter with each other, whether you're the lonely one staying up watching your team or pondering over the latest deal or exchange or trade that may be happening. Have a great one. Enjoy the off season and we'll speak to you soon. Bye. Looking forward to hearing you all on the Slack group when uh, Mitch Marner is an Arizona Coyote. (laughs) Don't tease me, Joe Long, please. (laughs) 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 Ha, 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 ha.